0: The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink. The TNT Shop has it all. At TNTRadio.live. Using science to debunk myths. From the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio.
1: Hey, welcome back. Uh, I'm John O'Sullivan, uh, CEO of Principia Scientific International um we've been granted an impromptu extension to it with our interview with Dr Mohammed Adil um, um our guest scheduled, scheduled guest has not been able to make it so Dr Adil we, we've got another period of time if you like to, you were eager to, to say yeah, something a bit more we're very very lucky to have this extra time thank you um one of the things My that plate. um I want one of the things I really want to get into with you um, is the connection everything I think is connected in terms of uh the the misuse of medical science by a powerful elite and I and I think it's always profit before care um I, I think the, the the cynics amongst us will say that um medical profession the big pharma not so much the doctors and, and practitioners but the, the the big pharma itself as a corporation corporate entity um they want uh treatments not cures and I, and I think that's where they make the money they, they can get a customer for life they're much happier um it's not really in their interest to have people not on long-term treatment um and you said that you are at a point in your career where you can offer in some cases cures for these cancers you're saying that that's something that you are 100 confident that you you can provide treatment that could in effect um you know pretty much do away with the risk of cancer for some patients um do you want to elaborate on this kind of issue, you know, the, the business model, I think the business model of, of big corporations, um, again, is not always tied in neatly with the interest of patients, is it
2: exactly? You know, they are not interested in patients, they have uh, actually intruded into the health system, and they are very much in alignment with the MRHA, NHS, and uh um uh, regulate medical regulators and uh, different pharmaceutical companies you know all of them the sopi and uh, unicef johnson and johnson AstraZeneca, pfizer's moderna they, they all have made trillions of money which i predicted in early 2020 that this is going to happen and i'm glad, glad that whatever i said after Three and a half, more than three and a half years have turned out to be true. I said the lockdown will affect on the economy, which has come out to be true, and followed by the vaccination, which was rolled out in a rush, uh, in a planned way, whatever you can uh, say, because as a scientist, as a researcher, the vaccine requires at least eight to ten years before going through proper trials, trusting, and marketing for the safety of the patient and the proper safety data is made before any drug is introduced into the market but what was the big rush that's my question what was the big rush of introducing untried unlicensed vaccine to the public without their informed consent I I, yeah. I still need to get this answer from the people who have done that in collaboration with the big pharmaceutical companies.
1: Yeah, why the, they got um, the, the
2: indemnity for that?
1: Exactly. We we should uh, emphasize. it. I mean, I've emphasized it on other shows. I I, I want to emphasize it with you because I I know you'll agree with this. Um, Big pharma, you know, when they roll out vaccines, it's the only business in the world that has absolute immunity from prosecution for any harm caused. If, for example, aircraft manufacturers and motor car manufacturers, if their products cause death or injury, they can be fined many millions, you know, in in the courts. But you know, with the issue of vaccines, you said Pfizer, uh, AstraZeneca, Moderna, um, these companies, they pretty much can kill as many people as they like if they do so in good faith. Because the, the get-out clause given to them by politicians was this emergency use authorization. Emergency use authorization was a kind of um, a get-out clause used by, I believe, a private-public partnership, shall, shall we say, by the elite in, in politics and the, you know, the the billionaire class in corporations. Because again, us poor people, the, the public, we have no um, means of recourse, do we? Um, the only way we can defeat this I believe you may agree with this the only way to defeat this is to show bad faith if we can show bad faith that there was willful intention by those powers that be you know collaborating with each other the politicians and the big farm corporations to introduce something that wasn't declared openly and one of the things that I know a lot of people have picked up on is this idea of informed consent the concept of informed consent you know people didn't know that these as you say you need eight to ten years to verify the safety of a vaccine um some of these vaccines uh the allegations are that they contain um mRNA gene therapy that in effect uh, undermines if not destroys the immune system making people very more likely to have um for example underlying uh, problems with cancer um reappear um so again people are finding that um you know, the cause now, a lot of people talk about a new term, sudden adult death syndrome, the idea that uh, people can drop down from myocarditis. Um, again, the media are Be- not picking up on this, but as an expert in this field, uh, Dr. Adil, could you just want to just address that for us for a few minutes?
2: Yeah, as an expert in, uh, in various, in multiple specialties, uh, other than being a surgeon of different specialities i have a fair bit of knowledge about this microbiology the virology the vaccination and all sort of agenda because i'm a teacher and trainer for the last 35 years and i had got to have a command on what i say is true which is very important for my medical ethics so my my point is you know what this vaccine, when it was given, nobody knew about the content of the vaccine, and this was this was rolled out into the market in November 2020 in UK, and we have seen the side effects which I allowed into the market in November 2020 in UK, and we have seen the side effects which I predicted a long time ago that people now two years down the line, people have suffered a great deal of complication related with this new sort of mRNA vaccine, which they don't want to show the content of that vaccine. This is different than the other vaccine which you and me have been through, eight or 10 vaccine when we were in children. Mm. And child age, but this is totally different uh, medicine which has been rolled out for the entire public. That's what Bill Gates, Tedros, and Fauci said. Every single child and the person should have a vaccine. What is the logic behind? What vaccine is going to do? What they're they're talking about is hyper immune response. If somebody is healthy and he has got a, the autoimmune system within the body as a scientist I know that they are not scientists Bill Gates is not a scientist he's not a doctor Ted Ross is not a doctor he's a PhD I don't know where he did it from and so is the Fauci what he's a microbiologist so I'm much more qualified than them to 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 comment on that that Mm. the the medicine has to be proved before rolling out into the market now what has result what has happened is Millions of people have passed away, especially the youngsters. I've seen the young people dying right and left. Especially the sportsman in the playground. Previously, mm-hmm. it was one uh, patient dying out of 100,000, 1, 100, But now it is ten out of one hundred thousand sportsmen are dying in the in the field. Pilots are 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 filing away during the flights and somebody you know you will see that it has disappeared why why people are dying what is the cause of that and we have seen patients suffering from clots due to the hyperimmune response which causes the spike protein which leads to we take over the Natural messenger RNA. Messenger RNA actually takes the information from the DNA, which is inside the nucleus, and brings it outside where the, the uh, antibodies are, and then it passes out the information which is a natural one to what sort of proteins are required. But when mm-hmm. this mRNA vaccine goes into the cell, it takes over the function of the, that um, mRNA. It, it totally transforms it. And that actually causes this, the cytokine storm. And we have seen the results of that. Everybody has seen it until today. Nobody is unaware of what is happening, how many patients are dying every day. Millions of patients have died due to vaccine, due to thrombosis, due to clots in the legs. They have amputations. They got clots in, into the lungs getting pulmonary embolism they get clashed into the uh, heart and get heart attack and die and some get myocarditis pericarditis clashed into the brain sinuses which causes strokes and which leads to paralysis and and paris syndrome when you get tingling in your fingers arms and legs and and then you end up into sitting on a wheelchair we have seen the marathon runners who have gone onto the onto the wheelchairs after having the double jab or the triple jabs of the vaccine? Mm. Why it's happening? Why still the government is not looking into the the real aspect of safe, safeguarding the public from this toxic junk? This mm. is this is my point. And they are not the authority to impose and to educate the health professional that they have, everybody has to take the vaccination. Who has given them authority? This is yeah. my my question.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, I think another thing is um, medical ethics. Uh, there's a, a very interesting uh, situation going on um, with Dr. Rainer Formack. Dr. Rainer Formack is an international lawyer. Again, recently arrested, arrested and, in, uh, in, you know, against his will shipped off um, from his home in, in North America over to Germany his original uh, home um Dr Fulmack has said that we are looking at potentially a Nuremberg 2.0 where we are looking at the the gravity the extent of this um misuse of science could be termed to some ex- to some extent could be intentional genocide um because there are and Dr Fulmec again being a lead an international lawyer um, has said that there is enough evidence here to suggest that this was not done by accident, this was done intentionally to, to thin the herd. The expression is thin the herd. Um, I'd like to know your thoughts on the idea of population control. Do you think that that Bill Gates is uh somebody who's a been a great advocate of of population control? Do you think, um, well, there's a lot of things on going
2: on, yeah? Give a sure, a lot of things on going that. on. It is not just a vaccine. You can see the results of vaccine. We have seen it, and the government has prepared to pay 120,000 pounds, which I, I was, I I was addressing at this issue in the House of Lords, House of Commons, with uh, Andrew Bridgen, a great friend of mine, MP from Britain. So he and myself, we have addressed this issue several times. And government has prepared to pay 120 thousand pounds to the to the people who have been injured by the vaccine why government is paying to them they know that they have done wrong mm-hmm. and this money will be paid in 30 years but by the time they will be dead so so this is this is something which has been politically motivated in terms of bill gates has said that in many speeches which i I have got his videos he said, reduce the population and uh, global warming and uh, digital currency and a lot of other uh, uh, controls are coming up and uh, the genocide of of people and which which in the in terms of reducing the the population of the world which mm. nobody has an authority as a I am very strong believer on that that this is a gift from the god almighty and everybody has a right to live and nobody has a right to take life of others my job as a doctor is to save lives i save lives i give them a quality of lives. my job is not to kill the people so that's why no, i am no, standing not- for my on medical ethics and the durham code that don't do any uh, uh, operation without the consent of the patient so during this entire scenario of vaccination nobody was told the informed consent is actually as a surgeon i always do the informed consent face to face to my patient i i i explained how the procedure uh, uh, surgical procedure is going to be what are the possible com- uh, uh, what the procedure like what are the possible complications what will be the end result, what might cause at the end of the operation, and what is the follow-up plan? Are you ready to accept that? patient? Some patients think, I'll think about it. The others say, yes, doctor, you're right. I, I, I'm happy to sign this consent. So that is called informed consent. And patient has got a right to withdraw his consent form even on the table before starting an operation. Mm. but these things were never told to the public because nobody knew about the data of the vaccine at that time So do you think this was an informed consent it mm. was not
1: no no it's not who knew consent? that what
2: are the do- possible complications of the vaccine
1: yeah dr adil we have to take a short break this is tnt radio
0: Jeremy Nell on TNT Radio. Being South African, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I?
1: Yes, um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. So. It averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, But over the last few months, both those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders.
0: Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
1: back in time, and who was Mike Flynn?
0: He was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, You have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son. And yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law this moment people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism but the goal is the same for the state to have control of every aspect of your life yeah. have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue they took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together and to basically give him the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this
1: These last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C.
0: When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com unbiased information honest and forthright news without the misinformation it doesn't matter what side you're from what matters is what you say the truthfulness behind it today's news talk radio tnt
1: hi welcome back we've been very fortunate to have uh, an extended uh interview here with dr muhammad adil uh, muhammad adil Why, please um, um i want to um during the break uh, we were talking about um what we do, we're, we're public servants. We're serve, we, you know, we have a passionate interest of, of doing good. Um, my own uh, organisation, Principia Scientific International, has been working for thirteen years um, as a non-profit. We're a registered UK non-profit a community interest company. Um, it, it's always, always doing the public service before making money, ma- making a profit. Um, and I like the, the idea that we are sharing truth globally. Um, during the break you said you are scheduled to come back to the UK uh, in the near future and you mentioned uh wonderful uh, British MP Andrew Bridgen Andrew Bridgen I've been following his uh campaign through Parliament um he's the only member of Parliament it appears to be is prepared to put everything on the line and speak out about the truth of the misinformation and lies about COVID-19 and, and these very very dangerous vaccine so-called vaccines um, and I, I know we need to be doing more um, collaboration is very important. And I like the idea of when you're back in the UK that we do a, perhaps a live broadcast with you and Andrew Bridgen. But we'd like to schedule that. It's something that... Yeah, um, I would love to know, do
2: that. He's a very knowledgeable person and he has done vast study with traveling across the world. And uh, meeting different scientists and uh, polit- politicians and all that. And I appreciate what he did. And he's, a, he's a, I must say that he's a single army and he is enough for telling the truth to the public and i think it's a i remember the quote which uh, martin luther king said once he said uh, that our life begins to come to an end when we become silent about the things which do matter mm. so i think this is the time of the century fiasco which we have come across in our lifetime so we we have to guide to the public. It is not necessary that whatever the scientists or the government has done is right, but it is time to think about it and to reflect back and say, what is the best possible way to win the public trust, which has been totally lost because of yeah. several reasons. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was um,
1: gonna, the back of my mind I would like to raise with you is the idea of preventative medicine. We look at allopathic medicine, has been very much focused on treatments and uh, you you and I probably noticed, we all noticed, those of us with critical reasoning skills, during the pandemic the aim of governments and and politicians and and Big Pharma was to scare us, to lock us down, keep us in our homes, give us um, bad news every day and tell us to take their jabs. At no point did they talk about nutrition, Talk about um, getting vitamin D through sunlight. Um, about getting exercise. In fact, quite the opposite. We were told not to exercise. Keep away from other people. Um, what's your view then, uh, as a doctor, in terms of uh, the idea Absolutely,
2: yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That's my campaign. You must have seen my videos on cycling. I do 20 kilometer, 25 kilometres every day, five, th- five times a week. You can see that on Twitter or on social media and that's my campaign about bringing the people of any age to start exercise because that prevents 35 to 40 percent risk of having heart attack compared to those who are having a sedentary life so that is the message and also it prevents you having a hypertension controls your diabetes and a lot of other things reduces your fat and also the nutrition is important on top of that which we we need to educate people that what is the best for them to stop the to lower the cholesterol stop eating too much fat and the junk food which obviously a pharmaceutical company they they own with the with the medical regulator a lot of this is another point, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, business in, in uh, fast food, like, you know, the, uh, uh, the Nestle and the Burger Kings and the McDonald's and these are the junk food which tastes good, but they're not good for health. People get heart attack and they die very yeah. a- earlier than they expected. So we need to educate people. To do exercise to do good nutrition and to look after their health and good sleep uh, and be happy that is very important i am the one who will, would be very happy to educate the public about the good health and the good nutrition and yeah, happy yeah,
1: life like, like, yeah like you i uh, like you i was in the uk during the terrible times of the lockdowns and uh my my um abiding memory of all that was the idea that the the key thing you were meant to do for your health was to take the shot and to have the shots um and very few people were talking about nutrition and i noticed um there was an uptick in people interested in doing their own research on nutrition and health and i think there's been a shift away from confidence in the nhs because as you said the nhs in effect is um that is actually lost credibility. Yeah, yeah, losing his credibility. I agree with you.
2: Yeah, yeah. The NHS has actually gone into a ditch. So 65 to 70 percent people have gone on a private treatment. You still, you're even as a doctor, I am unable to see a GP. Last time, a couple of weeks ago, I saw I went to see a I had a bit of sore throat. I went to see a GP. I was asked to come. I went there, and I invited paramedics. So he saw me and he wrote a prescription for me. I said, Well, what? He was a young lad. I asked him, What are you a doctor, a young doctor? He looked like a doctor. He said, No, I'm a paramedic. So this is something new is coming up. It is such a shortage of doc- doctors. Same thing is happening in the outpatient department in hospitals. Patients are being seen by non qualified and uh, people who are not uh, authority to even write a prescription and he went and he said he will he can't write a prescription he will ask somebody else to write a prescription so this is sort of things which which has come up recently online two weeks appointment on the uh, phone appointment so so things have changed, so would would you think that this is a new world order which has been implemented already, which we were expecting? It's a part of that, I suppose.
1: Do you think that the um, saving grace, the, the one uptick for us as uh, ordinary citizens is that the fact that we have the internet and independent experts, doctors and free thinkers online sharing their knowledge, sharing experience? Um, and also, what's your thought about traditional medicines? I mean, I, I've, I've spoken to many people who've said that we should not um, dismiss medicines and treatments that have been used for thousands of years and maybe be a bit more open-minded about these things.
2: Yeah, I think the, all the medicine, which I, uh, it has been a traditional allopathic medication which has been introduced since a long time. Every medication does have, even paracetamol has a side effect. It causes damage to the liver, and many patients have seen having a liver transplant because of excessive dose of paracetamol. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you know that. Yeah. and the the other side is a homeopathic medicine. You know, people are not getting proper treatment because of the uh, the workload on the shortage uh, on, on the doctors, uh, the shortage of doctors, the nurses are short. 50% consultant have resigned already from the nhs job because they are burned out during this period mm. and uh, i think uh, the trend is towards some sort of alternate medication which is mm. obviously the natural natural path they are mm. promoting in that way to get the the uh, homeopathic sort of treatment with the better results mm. So because of the uh, the allopathy, which, which obviously has been used for so long, but uh, obviously the surgery is has got its own place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to remove the breast cancer and bowel cancer and endoscopy. But the other medication which we are talking about, other than the allopathy, the homeopathic, medication the natural medications can be uh, can, will flourish in future i think so that yeah, is going yeah. to be a future
1: uh, another thing that i'd like to pick your brains over is the um, the, the great debate between a lot of uh, medical um, free thinking medical people who, who who say that we should have a fresh look at the idea of terrain theory one of the things that people have said is uh, the fact that vaccines don't accord with Cox postulates that a lot of assumptions have been made in modern medicine and germ theory Louis Pasteur's great gift in modern world germ theory again may be imperfect it may not be the um the answer to everything and the idea that terrain theory Antoine Bichon talked about terrain theory if you have a good immune system pretty much you can you know you can hold up your, your health to anything um What are your thoughts on on these two competing theories of of health?
2: Yeah, there was uh, the two pioneers of the uh, germ theory. One is a a Cox egg postulates, which has got four components. First of all is the disease must be present in an individual Uh, and secondly we must be able to isolate the bug it could be virus or bacteria from the diseased person and if we put it in a in a petri dish it should be able to culture when we remove that thirdly, when we remove that bug again and put it into other person it should cause the same problem as the first person had so when we and this should be able to be isolated and reculture, so this is called isolation, culture, inoculation, and uh, 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 re-isolation. So when River this was a this was a, a Cox postulates, who was the father of germ theory, and River modified it slightly after twenty years. River's criteria, he he added up one point. He said if somebody gets the infection due to bacteria or the virus he should have lifelong immunity so that is the basis of the germ theory which has been literally they had been modified according to the choice but this is actually that is the germ theory which we all follow if we got infection we get the immunity against that So it means next time we should not get that. Mm. So if we get the immunity, um, then what is the need for three monthly or six monthly vaccination?
1: Exactly that. That will destroy Um, our immune system. Exactly, I I totally agree with you. And I I feel that it goes back to the business model. The business model of Big Pharma is to put you on a conveyor belt of of lifetime treatments um, because they want us to be constantly you know paying into their Ponzi scheme if you like Ponzi scheme whereby um you know what they're doing in effect is uh just you know enriching themselves without improving the general well-being of the population it's argued that today you know the the younger generation perhaps the least healthy generation the older generation who have traditional diets who haven't been uh so um uh, I mean the vaccine schedule we talked about the vaccine schedule today you're looking at 20 or 30 uh vaccines given to newborns you know it's it's incredible back in my day you might have four or five um we are overloaded aren't we and and I you may agree with me but I think a lot of concerns about the adjuvants as well the adjuvants put into these vaccines people talk about mercury aluminum these kind of things that um, the regulations are very, very light touch, aren't they? Light touch regulation because nobody wants to tread on the feet of, of, of corporations because there's always a payoff. You know, if you're a supporter, if you're somebody who enables that system, you can profit very handsomely, can't you?
2: Yeah. Actually, what has happened was that the pharmaceutical companies, they not getting much profit out of the medicine they thought that let's introduce something different which is more profitable and it could be sold across the world they invented this vaccine and different companies were involved in that half a dozen companies they are manufacturing their vaccine it's not free of charge people think it's free of charge but it's not it is paid by the taxpayer money and this money which is being wasted on vaccine should be used for education, for improving health services, for the well-being of patients, a uh, public, and for the uh, social setup and the infrastructure, and the education. So that's what my point is. What is the point of uh, injecting some healthy child or a or a, a lad or a man who has got no symptoms? So uh, uh, injecting a vaccine into it which contains the attenuated dead virus of a uh, COVID-19 so I've seen many people having positive COVID-19 infection even after having a vaccine mm. so what is the point of injecting the healthy people are I vaccine is is not a treatment. People think this is a treatment for the COVID-19. But now the, the next, what I've noticed is, anybody who has got a cough or fever, he said, well, last week I had a COVID infection. I said, well, how did you know that? He said, I had a cough, I had a fever. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, the things yeah, have really. changed. You know, it's, it's a mindset yeah, now yeah, yeah. with yeah, a constant mindset. bombardment. Because our brain has got a capability of absorbing the things in repetition. If something is repeated again and again, several times, then it becomes a part of memory. So previously, we used to get fever, sneezing, uh, infection, chest infection, but we never said this is going to be COVID. Now everybody say, oh, this is COVID, keep away. Dr. Bill, we're going to have to
1: take... Sorry to interrupt you. We're going to have to take another short break. This This is TNT Radio. Okay,
2: that's
0: fine. With his expert analysis and opinion,
1: this is TNT Radio's Timothy
0: Shea. While the fiery images of mostly peaceful protests coming out of central Dublin over the weekend were disturbing, and although no one condones arson, property damage and violence against police, It was good to see the Irish finally get their Irish up and direct their ire where it properly belongs against their own government, which has been selling out the Irish people for decades now. What triggered the upheaval? The stabbing of a young woman and two little children, including a five-year-old girl who is still in hospital with life-threatening injuries, by a Muslim maniac who was, you guessed it, known to police. The guard had disarmed the man just last month after finding him with an illegal knife. They knew he was a problem and they did nothing to stop these attacks. Ireland is actively promoting its own destruction. It is committing suicide in exactly the same way the United Kingdom committed social suicide. The number one name for new boys in Galway last year, Muhammad, for the first time ever. Ireland needs to get a hold of the fact that the enemy is within the gates and their own government are the ones that have opened the doors. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. (laughs) My baby's back from the West Coast. (laughs) Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. (laughs) So long ago. (laughs) Oh, here's Grandma Florence, after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe and is the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those <laughs> beans smell heavenly. Mm-hmm. Give mom a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, so thank you. Idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you at the link. OK, smart. I'm coming to share with you guys protect your legacy plan for natural disasters today visit ready.gov forward slash plan using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud thanks for listening to sky dragon slaying on tnt radio
1: uh welcome back uh, we're having a like a two hour special today we've been quite gifted we, we had a no show with one of our guests and uh we we, we've got the chairman the chairman of the World Doctor Alliance Dr Mohammed Iqbal Adil um friend of the Royal College of Surgeons you know you're a very distinguished surgeon you're you're somebody who uh, has great respect amongst your peers um it's very important that we establish new authorities new people we can trust and uh, I think we've felt betrayed by our governments we felt betrayed as you say by the NHS the NHS is now in crisis in the UK um it's the time to reassess and they talk about the great reset and uh, I think the great reset is in motion and I, I I believe that um you know you've got millions of followers of the World Doctors Alliance um here on TNT again we have audiences in the millions um we're emerging as a new credible force um uh, Dr Adil for, for truth and I, and I believe that the one thing that unites all of us you know, whether we're in the medical professions or other sciences or the businesses, um, is our love of truth. Um, we want to shine a light on things that um, we know are not for the greater good. I mean, we've been told that the the lockdowns, for example, were for the greater good. And this is a term thrown out by many uh, very, very cynical people who think that they can use our our good nature, our goodwill to toe the line and compromise our, our values. Um, hoping that um, the end justifies the means. And uh, as we've seen, as you pointed out, the ends in this pandemic and this vaccine scandal do not justify the means. Millions and millions of people, literally millions and millions of people have been adversely affected by taking a treatment, which really is a, a gene therapy, experimental gene modification that has no basis scientifically. It's not robust. It's not credible. And uh, the best case scenario is it's, um, you know, rush through, rush through with the aim of doing good. Um, But worst case scenario, uh, as we alluded to, it could be intentional population control. Um, What I'd like to do now is just just dive a bit deeper into your wider world of views. Do you think we're going to go to the point now where we'll have to set up new institutions, we'll have to abandon British Medical uh, Council, you know, the General Medical Council, abandon the FDA, abandon the CDC, abandon the, all these so called institutions that have really let us down?
2: I, I think this is a time for the health professional to stand up and see, do the best for, for the public and the patients. We have not asked how and what treatment public require for their ailment we have imposed what we wanted to impose on them Mm -hmm. so this is the time for the health professionals to look back into that and and don't keep quiet I think it's time to speak up this is a good opportunity in our lifetime to speak the truth that's why I strongly believe and we fight for justice for everybody not for ourselves I had no personal interest again in this entire scenario Mm. but I stood for the public I stood for the right cause I stood for the suffering of the people I stood for the humanity I wanted to protect the human rights civil liberties freedom of speech and expression i believe everybody is born single and individual it doesn't matter what color race religion religion or our, our boundary i respect the humanity the human being so that's what my message is respect the humanity regardless of any boundary whatsoever so this is a time to establish some sort of a alternate mechanism which can cater eight or 10 million patients who have been waiting for the treatment. Some are very needy, they they need an urgent treatment, and they are not able to afford for going to the private sector because it costs a fortune. I've seen many patients who who had some breast cancers or bowel cancers and needed endoscopies or some perforated gallbladder or some other diseases, they go to private sector because they have no choice. In order to do that, how they get the money from where and what they have to sell the house or they sell the car or they get the treatment because they have to wait for two years to see a specialist. So once we have a team of, of doctors and nurses and the paramedics and uh, the dedicated and the motivated people who can who can join us as a team to help out the public on the roadside, in the villages, at the home or cities or everywhere, wherever it is required. As a, as a part of, of, of a charity. To help yeah. out the humanity, this is this is all
1: about for our life here. Yeah, Do you, um, as I strongly believe belabor- on. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. And do you get the feeling that we've allowed the current system to out outrun its usefulness, outlive its usefulness? Because again, I think that it, it's top heavy with bureaucracy. I, I think they could argue that in, the NHS, again, is is rife with managers. So many managers um and the funding doesn't really get to where it's really needed you know which is the in the hands of the practitioners the medical experts um what's your view as, after 30 years of the NHS do you think that the the, the bureaucracy is bloated do, do you think that um the fact that it needs a massive yeah, think, reorganization uh, on that since, level
2: uh, yeah since Margaret Thatcher the, the system changed actually because I'm here since a long time since Margaret Thatcher the more a bureaucratic uh, control has come into power than the clinician itself so we have no power as a consultant in the hospitals we can't appoint anybody we can't get anybody attachment we have to go through the bureaucracy and the manager they're full of managers and here and there without doing any job they're sitting on computers doing nothing at all which did that that money sh- can be utilized in a positive way treating patients there's no need for so many managerial uh, people to be employed in a, that a, in such a a hospital where the things can be catered in a better way for the benefit of the public and the patients with that money which is being used, wasted for uh, employing so many managers in all departments. Mm. So this this has to be changed. I think a new system, th- that has to be looked, looked into that. I think the NHS uh, and the government should look into that, that w- how we can improve the health services To prolong the public's life you know at the moment everybody's confused as you know that they're not getting access to the proper treatment Mm -hmm. as they used to get i I remember that four years before we used to have two week two weeks wait rule to see an urgent patient like cancer patient within two weeks Mm -hmm. and then treat the patient within 30 days for example a breast cancer patient we have seen it We investigated it within two weeks and we have planned it for operation to within 30 days, we have done the operation for that patient. Mm -hmm. And then we start the follow. up If that patient has got advanced disease, then the next treatment starts uh, afterward, four to six weeks later. So that was sort of thing which, which is diminishing now. So the two weeks, four weeks wait, six weeks wait, it's all is it is going to be story of the past mm. which need to be seriously considered in order to help out the public and the patients
1: yeah a lot of people have argued that um you and i having lived and worked in in i mean my background is a school teacher i worked in uk public sector education sector but like you a government worker and we we worked in for 30 years um socialized medicine is criticized they talk about socialized medicine in america they have a private health system um but the problem with that is it, it seems to work out even more expensive a lot of people argued that uh, the unit cost per patient maybe two or three times higher so again um it's a very difficult call isn't it to say it's either one or the other you know social medicine versus privatized medicine neither really is is doing justice to the public is it
2: yeah of course yeah the medication is getting expensive and then um, on the other side the the homeopathic medication and they are not that expensive compared to the allopathic medications Mm. which are affordable and people can be benefited with that but that has to be closely monitored with the results and all all sort of things which I'm I'm geared for this allopathic medication for the last thirty five years as a as a as a doctor after qualifying in five five years so uh, so I think it's uh, it's something which which need to be which can be considered with a mutual understanding of how main idea is how to help out the public patients who are waiting for the treatment mm. how to get the easy access for them rather than making a phone call to the gp and then get two weeks later appointment so it should be quick easy approachable Mm -hmm. that's my idea
1: so in in essence what you're talking about i I suppose is free choice uh kind of more a shift away from complete social medicine more to the free market where i mean i've lived in the u.s i've lived in the u.s for a period of time in new york and um Having private medicine, having private health insurance, you do get to um, pretty much cherry pick who you go to as a specialist. In the UK, we have a system of going through a general practitioner. General practitioner is the one who then refers you on to a specialist. Again, very little uh, free will, very little choice by the patient. In this Internet age of widespread online information, Um, Do you think that that maybe is another factor, the factor that we do want to be self-educated? Those of us who are really motivated can maybe use more online services, maybe a new era of online consultation. Maybe experts offering medical services advice online to some extent where it can be practicable.
2: Well, it's happening in many uh, parts of the world, the online services and online medication and the treatment without seeing a patient but i uh, that is a quick way of seeing that but i i i believe that that is better than not seeing a patient for years and years but on the mm. other side the drawback is that the the feel of a patient mm. an examination one to one is extremely important mm. to which mm it not only reassures the patient but also to the, to, the, to the clinician who is treating that patient so it means that uh, the one-to-one appointment it, it could be difficult but previously it was help working well but for clearing the law for so for so many patients waiting on, on the waiting list that that is something which can which can help
1: yeah by the way
2: online service from gp practice is 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 a you know you you tell the symptoms and then you get the prescription from the pharmacy and then you come home but doctor has not seen a patient like i told you my example that i was seen by pharma by paramedic and then i Somebody else wrote the medication and I, I was provided the medication next day. As a doctor, I I would like, as a patient, I would like a doctor to see me, listen to me and examine me and then find out the root cause of that and then write a proper prescription.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree with you. The, the old fashioned idea, I mean, you and I are mature in years. I mean, going back to 20, 30, 40 years ago, it was a the case you had a family general practitioner the family doctor and as you say the hands-on thing the, the the doctor knew the family there was kind of an extended network you you could kind of get into a bit more detail um but now time is of the essence isn't it people have medical experts have very little time to share with parents. the, the, the one-to-one contact is gone it's something that concerns me greatly um it's do you think it's, it's, it's gonna have it's, to be sorted yeah. out
2: yeah, I think this is a, 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 it's, a it's a, it's a misery. Their one-to-one patient consultation is going away slowly and gradually, and people are being tuned to have online uh, services for their treatment. But it it would not work for every patient because many patients require surgical intervention. For example somebody has got a pain in the right side how without examining you can't tell whether it's appendicitis or it's a kidney problem or it's a gallbladder problem or it's something else so that has to be seen by a clinician to make a decision what exactly is required so we can, mm. we we cannot deny on that this is this is a problem which will come up you can treat somebody with a cough, um, uh, t- uh, irritation in throat or infection in chest, or pain, or, that is okay, that's easy. But for the surgical intervention, somebody having a breast cancer or bowel cancer or endoscopy, he needs a clonoscopy or needs ultrasound or something, that has to be seen before making decision uh, whether this patient requires a surgical intervention. Or it doesn't require it, or may require in a few weeks or months time.
1: yeah dr that, dr. That Muhammad, dr. Dr. dr Muhammad Iqbal Adil I mean um, we've had a lovely two-hour conversation that I'm afraid time is, escapes us now um again I would endorse people to go on to your crowdfunding site and uh, we look forward to talking to you again on friend. TNT radio Sky dragon slang thank you for joining us today thank you very much
2: my dr. pleasure Adil. thank you ever so much uh, John and uh, Jeremy and um, for your kind work and everything.
1: Yeah, real pleasure. I'll be in touch by email. Take care. Thank you very much. Yes,
2: indeed. Thank you.